Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you are feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I'm joined today by my husband and co-host, Josiah, right here. How are you, Josiah? I'm in the house, and I'm really excited. We like being in the studio. Happy Monday to you all, listeners, and we're enjoying every minute of season two with Young Adults today. Absolutely. We are so thankful and glad that you're sticking around with us in 2020, excited for what God is going to do. We have some amazing people on the lineup of this year, so continue to join us. And speaking of joining us, Josiah, we have an amazing guest here who is a friend, who is a pastor, who is just an influencer. And would you be willing just to introduce that special person today? For sure. It's going to be a long intro, but I'm going to make every word count. Grab your popcorn. (laughs) Alan Pashton has had the privilege of being a next generation leader, working with youth and young adults exclusively for over 20 years and has absolutely loved it. He discovered his faith in Jesus Christ while attending St. Cloud State University here in Minnesota. And he pursued then a second degree in ministry at North Central University. And along the lines of ministry, he has had the incredible journey in ministry serving with Pastor Rob Ketterling and the incredible team that we respect, love, and admire at River Valley Church. He oversaw the multi-site youth ministry for many years, developing and strategizing the next-gen leadership. And also, Alan spent time working on staff with Mark Batterson at National Community Church, a true circle maker, and one of our uh, friends as well. And he was part of the campus pastor team there. And currently, he's back at River Valley Church developing more leadership content, inspiring those in church community to make a difference and to live life to the fullest. And I'll just say on a personal note that my path with Pastor Alan crossed in 2010, I had just graduated high school, and Cedar Valley Church, my youth group growing up, along with River Valley Church, did this giant combined mm-hmm. Kingdom of God missions trip to Belize, mm-hmm. and that's actually where I was called into ministry. And so I would stay up till 2 a.m. chatting ministry and life with Micah McDonald, good brother in the faith, yep. and Alan Pashton as well. And yep. so, Alan, what's up, man? man? Welcome. Thanks for being here. Epic time in Belize. Belize has never been the same. We know that. I mean, it's all over the news. It's all over the newspapers, and I'm just kidding. But it was 2010. Yeah. That goes back nine years ago mm-hmm. when I had not this gray of white highlights in my beard. We call um, that wisdom here. Know, that's so what that's it is. awesome. Seasoned hey, salt. Seasoned salt. Yes. <laughs> I'll salt and pepper the heck out of you right now. I promise you. <laughs> um, no, it's great. That's so fun. And we've stayed connected, which is cool. Definitely. Like, and all the journeys from D.C. back to Minnesota it was, hey, tell me about your ministry and tell me about your life. And so I love it's natural. It's a natural, fun relationship that we've had. And then to watch you get married to the amazing Micah, as I call her. And yes. then and all of a sudden, here you guys are hanging out and you're so much better because she's with you. So Praise God thought. for that. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like behind every great man is a great woman. Boom. There she is. <laughs> so I might be hanging out with her a lot more than you now. You know, when we go out, I'll just be talking to her while we're hanging out. So I'm like, wait a second, Alan, what about me? You'll never, you'll always be special in my heart. You know it. I love it. Well, sometimes people get confused and actually call Josiah Micah. So there could be two of us too. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm saying it all works together. You know what I mean? You guys are one. You know, we're flowing. I like it. We're hanging out. 
Oh my gosh! It's well, good. even to the listener right now, you can tell that Alan likes to have fun. He likes to. He loves to live life to the fullest, and we're just honored that you are here I joining do. us. He, yes, he does. Yes, and he always has a smile on his face. I've met him a couple times um, prior to this, but just always a joy to leave a conversation with him, feeling filled up and feeling just encouraged in every moment. So, passion, zeal. Excitement, all of that is running through his veins and his gray beard because that's wisdom, my friend. But we are so excited to have him. And speaking of getting to know each other a little more, Alan, would you be willing to share your journey of ministry with our listeners and with us today? Yeah, absolutely. So great. Um, well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We were a, a Lutheran twice a year home kind of stuff. And so it was rock and roll through high school, rock and roll through college. And then when you don't have God in your life and you know what I mean, it's easy to just go out and to live in the world and do what you do in the world. And, you know, you just kind of live by your own rules. Right. Well, next thing you know, I found myself at my low point when I was ending my junior year at college and ended up going. And uh, my mom had become a Christian when I was about 16 so suddenly this, you should go back to church. I'm like, Mom, we go to church twice a year. What are you talking about? She goes, no, there's this relationship with Jesus that's different. And I'm like, well, I don't want to live for Jesus right now because I like my life partying. Well, then I realized, hit my low point, and God just compelled me to go walk into a church in Bloomington and walk to the front, gave my heart to Christ. I literally just felt like I needed to do something different with my life because everything I was building my the Allen kingdom on, was all just not withstanding because you know you can build it on the rock or the sand and it was called it was a beach I was building on of just everything and then when the storms come it was all a mess so f- gave my life to Christ in 1993 and from there um, served in that church and found my call to ministry and a missions trip to England which was super fun um, went back to school to graduate and my got my degree in PR and advertising um, and just in, in, graduated there, went, then went to North Central, got my degree at North Central, and I was youth pastoring for doing youth and young adults for 20-some years. And also now I'm here being a campus pastor in Minnesota, and it's awesome. That's the kind of super short version. Hey, I love it. It's condensed. There you super go. Super condensed, yeah. It's, it's so fun, Alan, to just see the faithfulness of God, and along the way... There's been things like deposits is what I picture into mm. your soul, downloads from the Holy Spirit, and there's this intimacy with Christ that you've developed, this sense of a prophetic voice mm. for the next generation, and I've experienced that. Anyone who's ever sat across you you know, with a cup of coffee has experienced like you're talking and, and it's actually your mouth, your lips are moving but it's God is flowing mm. through you. Right. And along the way, you've just started to develop resources um, and this online blog of amazing resources called The New Young Christian. Yeah. Can you tell us your vision with that and what it's all about? D- dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been from that journey of just like, man, I wish there would have been um, someone, I wish I would have had resources as a young Christian that would have been easy, practical to grab, quick, um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, when you grow up not traditionally in church world, a, tra- a traditional church resource doesn't really, I, I had a hard time following it. You know, everything's foreign. <laughs> everything feels foreign. I literally set foot in a Christian bookstore 
for the first time when I found Christ 22. I'm like, these existed? Like, what is this? I mean, it's really weird. Now they don't anymore. God bless you, life way. We love you. But um, <laughs> it is this whole thing, though, of the... So I said, you know what? When I left youth and young adult ministry, you kind of, once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. So yeah. how do you yeah. stay inspiring? And so you always want to keep investing. So we started this ministry called The Neon Christian, which is really cool. And it's really just... My whole the whole thought of it is it's practical advice for the modern disciple because there's a modern disciple there's a, the modern disciple in 2019 that needs to know how do I function what does faith look like in a very complicated era of everything from you know you know my friend's gay to my friend got me too to you know I mean everything is happening around that's culturally relevant stuff so the new Christian's purpose is to be able to provide. Um, uh, personal inspiration and spiritual transformation to this generation of Christians. And it's new because there's new, there's got to be new ways we've got to talk about faith and right. discipleship and culture and have conversations. Um, young, meaning whether you're young at heart or you're a young Christian, new, or you're dealing with young Christians, um, you want to be able to know how to navigate. And then we say Christian because we're unashamedly Christian and, you know, it's it's a platform for Christians but you could go there and easily find it relatable if you're not. But yeah, we yeah. want I really want to equip Christians, young Christians and new Christians and those leading young Christians and new Christians because it's important. I think that's an incredible just illustration of just the multiplication that God wants to see his kingdom grow. He mm -hmm. wants to see us disciple each other and he wants to, you know, he's given us the word of God obviously as a resource, but how do we make that yes. relevant in our own backyard, in our own messy family trees mm -hmm. you know you think about the holidays and you think about all those different things i was just looking at an article of like how do you deal with people in your family you know that are single around the table and yeah. they're wanting to make these certain announcements of lifestyle that they're choosing yeah and they're claiming to be a christian and yeah. just that blurred line that can just be yeah. very gray at times but to know that we serve a god who is black and white who is both just and loving and kind and all those different components and we know that obviously the times are changing and we want to be lifelong learners yes. so if you're a, a listener today and you're a leader or you're an intern like that's what we should all desire is to be lifelong learners of jesus christ um but to tap into the resources and the gifts that god has obviously given you alan to see those needs and to meet those needs so you're probably seeing things across the board in your 20 plus years of ministry. So yeah. what are you seeing changing across essentially the landscape of college students and 20 somethings? Mm -hmm. Like are you seeing a certain theme or certain yeah. tides throughout the years? What do you, what do you want to speak into? Yeah, that? I think so. And well, and it goes back to what you're saying. Like if you were to go to the new .com, you would find how do I handle, how do I have conversations around the table in an outrage culture? Right. Well, yep. because there's political outrage. How do I have yeah. conversations on in, in a time when um, I feel like God doesn't love me, but so he probably doesn't. Well, wait a second. How do feelings and faith work together? Right. Right. How do you, so, you know, it's just all that kind of stuff, all that stuff, you know, how does your personal life affect your public life? And if you're a leader, how does your personal faith affect your public faith if you're doing things like so i'm trying to have conversations and culture because we need to be um in culture right christians need to be in culture and that's yes a big passionate point of mine is don't be afraid to have conversations because christians don't know how to have conversations because they don't have the vocabulary 
So my hope is that Neon Christian would give the vocabulary for people to be able to say, okay, I can look at this blog, it's a 1500 words, let me just quick read it, put it on my phone, look at it, and then maybe I can have, you know, maybe we can have a, a meaningful dialogue, you know, um, because apologetics today and helping people understand faith and evangelism is is less monologue and more dialogue. You right. know what I mean? It is yeah. more, yeah. it's not winning arguments, it's winning hearts. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be able to to be able to do that. So um, I think even, which segues into like, as you're in culture looking at stuff and how do you notice some of the things that are going on and, and what, am I no- what am I noticing as being on that Christian landscape and seeing, well, on the cultural landscape and seeing things. One of the things that um, I've noticed is the, the blurring, the removal of the secular versus sacred line that's in the sand. Because before it was like, they're a Christian artist. And then it's like, oh, no, they're, they're, they're a secular artist. And then it's like, you know, where now everything is becoming a lot more, everything is becoming sacred um, in the sense that um, more things are becoming religious more things are becoming maybe spiritual. spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I say when I say religious, I mean everything is becoming a lot more spiritual. Like there's like atheism would say they're in a they're a religion, mm-hmm. but that contradicts because they're not a religion. But they operate and conduct themselves and and express themselves as you know as a nonprofit organization where we religiously follow these doctrines that say there is no religion. You know what I mean? It's like okay, you know Hollywood in a way is is its own spiritual cult following. You know what I mean? You've got, there's all these different things. And so when everything becomes spiritual, nothing becomes significant. Nothing becomes significant. It's like every day is Christmas and then it loses its its significance essentially. (laughs) Yes, exactly right. And I think if you are constantly bowing down. And so then the challenge becomes, um, as you're looking at this, how do you, as a young adult, how do you find and how does the exclusivity of of the truth of Jesus, the, the presence of God, the power of God that is the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus, how does that align with and how does that inspire and transform? And how do you communicate that in a world that feels like everything is becoming spiritual now and everything is mystical and everything has it? So I'm really excited about seeing the what God can do in something like that because I think that's the uniqueness of Jesus is, is we have an opportunity now to really stand apart, mm-hmm. which means don't be a religious Christian, which means don't be a, um, you know, don't, don't over-spiritualize, but just authentically follow Christ more than you ever could before because that's going to set yourself apart for right. sure, you know? Well, and <clears throat> Alan, I think that what you just described, what stood out to me right there is the exclusivity of Jesus in a world that's desperately longing to be included. Mm-hmm. Right. In yeah. a culture that tides are changing mm-hmm. and, and things are shifting around us culturally, and they're lo- everyone's longing to be included. Mm-hmm. And we can be included, but Jesus is exclusive of the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know... I think that one of the things I've seen you model really well is going to the next level Mm -hmm. in your faith in Christ, in your leadership giftings and capability. And will you, will you talk for a minute about what are some ways that you found to push past plateaus or for leaders listening that are wanting to go to their next level Mm -hmm. that God's calling them to in next gen leadership? How can they do that? What are some ways that they can, you know, maybe it's, 
become more fluent in speaking the language of culture, but mm -hmm. it, it might be something else. But what are some ways that people can get started in kind of going to the next level in their leadership? Yeah, for sure. I think I have been obsessed with the story of David. Cannot get enough. And I know it's a classic story, but one of the, the things that I've really been inspiring, I just spoke at a young adult group um, two weekends ago, and I shared on the story of how David was anointed king at, um, like, you know, in his early teens. But he doesn't enter king, becoming a king until he's, you know, in his early 30s. Right. So when you have that, when you're anointed to do something, and then there's that period of like, oh my gosh, I'm 14, you know, I'm early teen, I'm not going to get, walk into that until I'm in my early 30s, then you've got this long period of how things are supposed to go in your life, and you're trying to, and, and in a very, in a culture where, Everything's instant. No one wants to wait. Everybody wants like microwave calling where you just right. heat it up for 30 seconds wow. and it's white, it's red hot. You know, it's like, that's not how it works. Because if you look in the Bible, everybody's like taking decades to get where they need to go. And so I look at the story of David and I see this young man who is in when all of his brothers are in militant, shiny armor yep. fighting for the king out there and David is in the field. And David is writing songs great. Like, I'm dreaming about being a king, writing songs about audience of one, you know, God stuff. And then the lion comes. And when the, if I'm David, I'm saying, God, Jehovah, um, I'm praying a hedge, hedge of protection around me because there's a lion here and I can't, I don't want the lion to devour me. Uh, so God, you know, I'm anointed king. I'm anointed to follow you. And here I am in this, in this, in the city. So God, I'm praying a hedge of protection. I'm praying a hedge of thorns. I'm praying everything around. Don't let the lion. And what happens? The lion comes out of the out of the bush, jumps on David. David is fighting for his life with this lion. He guts the lion, kills the lion. He's got scars on his face, claw mark on his face, claw marks on his body. And he gets up, and he goes, and he's got to wake up the next day to shepherd. And at night in his bed, before he wakes up the next day, he's thinking, "Where was God? I prayed." For God to protect me from the lion. I prayed for God to protect me from the bear. And I've had I've already been attacked by a bear once. I've been attacked by a lion now. And it's constantly, I where is God in the moments when I'm praying for all of this? And knowing full well when we know the story that when he faces the giant a handful of years later, right. he picks up the stones and says, You know what? As he's going in, not as he goes in and he picks up the stones and as he's grabbing in the brook, grabbing the smooth stones from the brook or wherever it was, he sees the scars on his hand going, surely I fought the bear and the lion. Surely I can beat the, if I fought the bear and the lion, surely I can beat the Philistine. And I think a lot of times next level leadership for young adult is don't mistake the bear and the lion moments um, power through those. Don't mistake them as God's not with you. God's not for you. God doesn't care about you because you were exactly what you needed. And you had the, the lion was necessary. If you want to go to next level leadership, you've got to see that the lions are necessary and the bears are necessary mm -hmm. and know that those scars and the scars are necessary because of the, because don't see your bear and lion moments as being God's not with me. God doesn't care. You know, all the stuff I've said, see him as, Oh, that's preparation. Right. Because I need this, because in order for me to face the giants, I've got to face the lion alone. 
in order for me to face the giant in front of all of my peers and the kings and the leaders in my life, I've got to face my bears alone and my lions alone. And so next level leadership would say, face your bears and your lions, be unafraid because God will give you the victory. You will fight through it. And it's necessary for you to get to where you need to go. You know, totally That's awesome. I think it's just a beautiful illustration of like you had alluded to, it takes decades for people to get yeah. their character development yes. to take place, God to do a work in their heart. And that's also part of the transformation process. It's not over. You're in it. But I think when we read the Word of God, we read the Bible, read the story of David, we read, oh, next chapter, boom, it happened already. So we, yes. we have that microwave kind of mentality of, yes. God, get me to where I need to be. No, what I need to do is, Lord, prepare me, like you'd said, for the bears, for the giants, for the lion, because all of those are necessary. And even to the listener listening right now, if you right. feel like yes. you're under attack and yes. there are bears and Come there on. are lions, if you call it out by name, we have to recognize that God is our defender yes. and he, he's going to do it again. And he is the redeemer. He's the one that's hallowing us out. One of my biggest prayers yes. for this generation is, um, I can't remember the, the song from Toby Mac, but it's like, Lord, hallow me out. And I just get this mm. vision of like this deep vase. And sometimes God has yep. to go elbows deep to get all that yep. garbage out. Like yep. character, you may be 14. Hey, age 30 is coming, but we yes. need to start this process now. Yep. It's kind of like... I talk to many young women and young men like, well, when I get married, then I'll be a good spouse. No, no, no. Mm -mm. You need to be a solid, single, Come on, that's good. Let's go. Yes. right now. Yes. So when the skeletons do fall out of the closet and the you know the baggage is there, yep. I've dealt with it. I've been walking out in the redemptive side of the story. I, yes. you know, I'm dealing with my stuff. And, and any leader, we need to deal with our stuff before we can help other people identify and deal with theirs. Mm -hmm. So. Yes. I might have gotten off course there, but... I don't think you did. I think what you're saying <laughs> is that... That's good. To embrace the now and to be faithful stewards yes. in the now, in this moment, is significant yeah. for the destiny that God's yes. called us to. Yeah. yeah. Every now is preparation for your next. I mean, it's just the way it works, you know? And so the now is necessary for the next, and it prepares you for the next. Because, you know, slaying giants in front of others could only be accomplished by fighting the bears and lions alone. So the battles that you face in private gives you the strength to win in public. And so when you've got the public life of marriage, when you stand out in front of public and you're getting married, you stand in public in your first job and you're yep. leading a church, you're leading a, a, a life group, you're leading a meeting or you're pastoring or whatever your thing is, those moments. So let the process you know, it's easy for us to believe in the promise of God. It's a lot harder for us to believe in the process. And we pull out of the process, excuse me, we pull out of the process, but we don't, if we wait long enough, it's going to come through, you know. We have, we have promises everywhere. I got, you know, we screenshot promises on our phone, but no one wants to screenshot and, you know, put on Pinterest the, the, the process. It's a lot harder. We yeah. love the cute promises, yes. but the process was necessary. You know. Yeah, that's so good. And Alan, we know that you are obviously a person. You're a person of prayer. It's evident. You're a person that wants to fully function and team up with the Holy Spirit in every conversation we have. I mean, like Josiah said at the beginning, like the words that you say, they penetrate mm. the hearts of the listeners. Whether it's a one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's the three of us in this room right, right. now, or it's a, a whole you know congregation of people or a whole room full of young adults. Like God has obviously given you a mantle, but He's also given you this depth um, of more intimacy with Him, and that can only be found through prayer, mm. through the slaying mm. of the giants and the lions and the bears. So I guess my question for you is: What has your journey as a leader been in terms of cultivating that intimacy, specifically with the Holy Spirit? Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I, 
it's one of those things where you're just saying, okay, God, like Exodus 33 is the scripture verse that was burning in my memory of if the presence of God doesn't go with me, I'm just not going to go. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, Exodus 3, it's like I'm not whatever. It's, it's I can't remember if it's Exodus 33 or Exodus 3. But when Moses said, if the presence of God doesn't go with us, I think it's 33, I'm not going to go. And so I just put that banner over my life hmm. of just saying everything I do, I'm going to go with God. And so with that just comes from just when you talk about the intimacy, it's just like, God, I am the kind of person to where I will, before I meet with people, I meet with God. Before I eat breakfast, I eat the word of God. I mean, I just, you try to find yeah. those little like practical everyday things to do. They're like, okay, I've got to meet with, you know, you and you put them out as reminders Right. You know what I mean? So if I'm eating a bowl of cereal with a spoon in my hand, I'm just like, wait, did I eat God's words? You know, it's that we it sounds crazy, but it, those little things have helped me stay on track. And so with that has come just I've I've really purposed to say um, Romans 10, 17, 14 through 17 speaks specifically about um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word word, there's only two Greek words that you that could be logos or rhema. Mm -hmm. And that word is the rhema word of God. And what the rhema word of God is the right word in the right season, in the right moment for at the right time to do the right thing for the right future. You know, that's what rhema is. Right. And so if I want to build my faith, I need to get a word from God. And, and so I say, God, I literally said, God, I will live every day that you've given me one word. You've highlighted some scripture has jumped off the page and that's my rhema word mm -hmm. to build my faith. It's another cinder block of faith mm -hmm. on in, in, in what God's building. And so every single day, I've just said, God, what's the word? If I have to read a script, a chapter of scripture, I, and I go, oh, I didn't really do it for me. Well, then I can't leave. I can't leave. You gotta yeah. read it again. I gotta read it again and see what pops up. You know yep. what I'm saying? Or sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe then it's like, maybe I'll just worship. And then I'm gonna worship till a song lyric hits me. And then I'm like, maybe that's what you're saying, God. You know, so it's just like the worship and word have been two massive elements that I've chosen to to really influence. So I always have a worship playlist, always, 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 forever, and ever have a worship playlist. I always have some sort of a Bible reading plan yeah. yep. that I'm in or a devotional. But I'm just like, until something gets jumps off the page, I can't move from there. Right. You know what I mean? And practical is like, well, what if you got to go to work? What if you got to? Well, it's just like, then I'm like, okay, God, like, I, my day's not complete yet. It's like I will not. I, okay, if I gotta go to work, then I will be wait. I'll be looking. I'm saying, God, I'm gonna put worship on in my car. Then I'm gonna be worshiping. Something has to jump up because if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema word of God, well, then I need my faith to grow because God says you grow from faith to faith, grace to grace, yep. strength to strength. Yep. And if you're gonna go from faith to faith, then you, it requires of that. And it, it's really simple because when Jesus says. My sheep hear my voice, they know me and they follow me. We already know that God has a voice. Mm -hmm. And people say, Well, how do you know how do you know God's voice? Um, the second that you that you felt the heard the voice that said, Come get saved, um, that was the Holy Spirit yeah. speaking to you. Yep. Right. And then from there you build on it, and yeah. that's how you know that you've heard God. And so let Jesus just speak to you through the scriptures primarily, through worship, um, through um, devotional books. And all that kind of stuff. I always have a devotional in my left hand, my Bible on right, just in case, because sometimes I gotta change it up. I'm a dude that changes it up. Right. So I'm not read the Bible in the year every year for a thousand years. I am like, I might do a scripture reading plan for that day, then I'll go and I'll read this book and do that devo. I just kind of build off it from there. 
That's so good. I think it's a good reminder for the listener and just as ourselves as pastors or leaders to to just recognize that Alan said it without saying it is the fact that he's seeking God and the rhema word outside of the preparation of sermon, outside his hours in the office. And I think sometimes we can get lazy and we can lack in that if we don't have accountability, if we're getting bored in our routine of make it a checklist versus, Mm -hmm. Lord, I get to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. I get to. This is an honor. This is a privilege. I want to understand what does it mean to live from glory to glory? What does it mean to be be refined and pure on the other side? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to be, you know, in the prayer room with God and have his ear and to understand the words that he's speaking throughout the day? It's not just oh, I had one mile marker at age 18 and God spoke to this and boom, it's done. It's no, no, no. The writing should be on yes. the wall of our heart and on yeah. the wall in front of us at times. And I think when we're not seeking the rhema words or we're, you know, so focused yep. on the work or the to-do that we forget that yes. we need yes. the Holy Spirit. We yeah. need Jesus Christ and his characteristics. Yep. We need God. We need all three components penetrating yes. our heart each and every single day. Yep. So that's part of the tilling of the soil. The soil in our heart should be rich, it should be fertile, and God should be wanting to plant new things. Yes. But if I'm in a desert and I'm not reading the Word of God and it's dry mm-hmm. and it's crusty and the wind's mm-hmm. blowing and nothing's taking root, like, mm-hmm. hello, I got to reevaluate yep. where I am as a leader and yep. as a so-called pastor. First and foremost, God's taking us back to our first love. And yes. that's something he's spoken to Come me on. about 2020, about the church and the church leaders, is I'm going to take every believer back to their first love. Yes. Yep. But we need to be in the word and in the will of God to understand what that means mm-hmm. for us as individuals, the big yep. church, small C church, whatever that is, to what does it mean if we're stripped of everything and at the end of the day? Yes. Every title's gone, every hat, every ministry, you know, opportunity or every ministry, you know, title that we carry, at the end of the day, if I'm not in the word and in the will of God, mm-hmm. What am I doing? Yes. And that's a heavy burden to carry, and that's a mantle that God wants to offer. Yeah. But I think that is just a really good reminder. Uh, I think for me, I, that's one of my biggest prayers is always something along those lines. And us here in the, here in the room right now, like, we prayed before this started, yeah. and we're mm-hmm. praying that God's tilling up the soil yep. of your heart. So yes. Yes. that's just our biggest prayer is you need to seek God outside of work, outside mm-hmm. of leadership, outside of your small mm-hmm. group. You need to get one-on-one, face-to-face, and go back to your yes. first love. And that should be one of the anthems and then one of the cries of your heart when mm-hmm. you are a true, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So Josiah's eyes are getting big. I think he has something good to say. I think the only <laughs> thing that I would add is what you guys both said is the reward is yeah. more of God. Yes. Right. Like, why are we seeking God? Is it for some earthly accolade? Is mm-hmm. it for some, you know, craving mm-hmm. that we have to build our own kingdom? And I, I just believe what God shows is the reward is more of Him. Yes. It's yes. to know Him. And Paul writes in Ephesians, I pray that there be new depths, mm-hmm. new lengths, new widths, new heights, mm-hmm. that you would know him more. Yes. And I think that's just the cry of my quiet time with God right. mm-hmm. is to just know him more. And Alan, I'd almost shift into the next question along those lines is I remember being 18 years old, called into ministry, 
and trying to discern God's first step and trying to understand that the reward is more of God Mm -hmm. and trying to develop and cultivate an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But along the lines, God gave me this giant burden for my peers that I went to high school with. And he gave me this burden for people who are far from him. Mm -hmm. And I think that where the listener, a lot of the listeners are today, right in this moment is they're maybe trying to steward a life group they're starting a young adult ministry to cultivate community at their church Mm -hmm. or their college campus and they're just trying to get something started Mm -hmm. and you've seen young adult ministries shift start Mm -hmm. launch relaunch strengthen flop fail (laughs) right it's all true (laughs) right but what would you say to that individual who's 18 years old and just sent us a direct message this podcast is exactly what I'm looking for, and I'm just trying to start out faithfully. What would you say to them today? Mm. You know, Ruth one sixteen is one of my favorite verses. Your people are my people. Your God is my God, and where you go, I go. And I think your tribe is everything. Who you surround yourself with will be significant. And when I you go to, what would the guy say to, you know, he's got a call, what's his first step? I'm like, find your tribe find your call who is your who's your ruth who is your um you know you know naomi you know mm-hmm. what i mean right. and ruth and naomi's relationship it's like cool they had a friendship but it was like one was older one was younger you know what i mean and so part of that of finding a tribe is finding the place where you can be yourself you know where is there who's the one person that is your people you know so to speak like i feel like i don't have to explain myself when you get me yeah, and you hear me, me I, I, you get me, I don't have to try to be with you. Like, you get my flow, I don't have to try. So, so do you have at least one person that's like that? Um, and, and, and then also with that is I love, you know, when you feel comfortable worshiping God in front of them or be, talking about God in front of them, because that's the your people are my people, your God is my God. Kind of a thing, and then and 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 then with that comes that tribe of just like I'm really big on fathers in the faith. I'm really big on sons in the faith. I'm really big on finding brotherhood, um, which talks about First Peter says, uh, "Fear God, honor honor the king, and and love the brotherhood." You know, as a man, I'm like, where's my brotherhood? So I say to that 18 year old, um, find a father in the faith. Find someone who's farther ahead of you, um, as an 18 year old. Like, yeah. who's that older brother figure? Yep. Who's the father figure? I'll find that person who is um, that can help be part of your tribe and can speak into you and inspire you because that will fuel you to keep going because you can ask questions about your call. You can test things. You can say, I feel like God said this to me. Is that God or not? Or I feel like I want to try this this young adult idea out in my life group. Is that good or not? Well, I don't know. You know, you know or you can try it out and fail in your tribe because yes. they're going to believe in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so good. Well, Alan, unfortunately, we've come to almost the end of our time with you, and no, this is where no, we get to God. do. Why? <laughs> I loved it so much. That's Thank so you. Cool. Oh, but wait, so. but wait. Oh, there's more. Well, maybe this is your bonus round. Okay, let's go so, bonus round. I like bonus. Five round. in five. So we have five questions for you that you're gonna try to answer in less than five minutes. I'm a long. Per, I'm not, a long-winded not, person. Not this question. is already difficult. You got 60 seconds per question. Got it. All right, you stretched out and you're ready. I am that ready. Wisdom, wisdom's flowing? Wisdom's flowing. All right. The gray beard is tingling. There you okay, go. There it. you go. There you go. All right. So question number one, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? I would say enthusiastic. Um, I would say encouraging. 
and sincere. Awesome. E E S. E E S. Enthusiastic, encouraging, and sincere. Yep. I found that to be true. Alan, so good. Similarly, how would you explain your dream in a sentence? Well, it was already said here earlier, which by the amazing Micah, as I call her, um, which was this, which was, it's my life verse. It is, my dream would be for me to live life to the full with the people I love most. So good. Plain and simple. And and I'm an adventurer. I'm a seeker. I'm a let's go for it. Let's go pursue. That's why I've lived in D.C. I've lived, I've lived in the four corners of the country, literally. And I love all of it. And... I love going on adventures, and that's part of what it is. And I'm a life. I think being a life-giving Christian is all about. Don't people will either add to your life or multiply to your life, or they the other group will either divide or take away or subtract from you and deplete you. Mm-hmm. I'm like surround me with adders and multipliers, and and so that gives me life, and so I'm a life giver. I love so. it. All right, question three. Obviously, you've had a lot of world travel and experience in ministry, so this hopefully is easy for you, but what has surprised you about this next generation? Um, I would say it is their desire to be original. I love it, actually. I am like, there's nobody... I, you're talking to, you know, like a Stranger Things growing up in the 80s dude, you know, versus <laughs> um, current now. And everybody back in the 80s and 90s was, everybody has to wear brand name clothes. Everyone wants to be like, there's a desire to try to fit in and be like things. I love the fact that young adults right now are like, I want to be me. I want to be original. Um, I want to be my own unique person. I'll color my hair this way. I'll pierce my way. I love all of I mean, I love all of it. And I think that's actually really cool. And I'm like, can I get a tattoo at 48 and 49 years old? I don't know. Can I dye my hair? I mean, these are questions because I love the originality that young adults bring, which is great. I'm burning time. I can't, I got to keep going. You're right on track. And so will you be willing to tell us one of the most epic failures you've ever experienced in life or ministry? And the reason behind this question is we love to learn and just draw from I think one of the best teachers in life can be quote unquote failure that we don't even think failure is failure or final or fatal, but yeah, will you share one of those stories? I mean, well, this one is, it's a youth ministry story, but I did this whole thing where we were going to invite people to, um, we were inviting students to come. It was like, I heart you so much, or I love you so much. It was an I heart series. I love you so much that I would fill in the blank and they'd have to eat stuff and do weird stuff and whatever. <laughs> Just for, for their friends. And if they did it, their friend got like stuff. It's youth ministry in the 90s. <laughs> there's an um, incentive. Yeah, there's an incentive. And so what happened was is we did it. They were doing, we called it uh, paintball trivia. And the goal was to, it was terrible. I basically <laughs> got shot with paintball guns if they missed the trivia question. And like. Um, Should have been the other way around. If they get it, they get to shoot you. You might yeah, have had a better result. That would have been a better result. <laughs> But it was kind of like, can you run the gauntlet? And it's like, oh, my goodness, they ended up. Um, so uh, uh, one was like a middle school girl, and I almost got sued, and it was a terrible. So life lesson, think through your games if you're going to have one. And, um, you know, that's what I realized. Don't get sued. <laughs> I think that Ellen has this new show called Ellen DeGeneres' Game of Games. Mm. And I think she might have been, you know, maybe watching the live stream on that day to just maybe take your idea and and be a different type of original with it. Yes, I think she should. (laughs) Call Ellen and tell her. So, because 
We watched it. I laughed so hard. I'm literally crying. <laughs> One day I woke him up. It was a Saturday morning. I'm giggling. He comes out. Tears are rolling down my face. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm laughing. He thought I was crying. And he's like, I'm like, I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, I love it. It was hilarious. I was oh. trying to be quiet, so it's probably even more ugly. But, Alan, we have our very last question for you today. And if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Um, this one's easy. Uh, be secure in the presence of God so you can be secure in the presence of you. Oh, and you identity is so big for young adults, like how they think they need to be, who they think they are, how do they... And it's only in the presence of God that you will be the most secure that you'll ever be in anywhere right. else in the world. And it's from that that you find out who you are because God can speak to who you are. He can satisfy like no one else can and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I think insec- if you're facing insecurity, then my first thing isn't, isn't go collect yourself in the bathroom and figure it out and like lose weight or you know, whatever. I would say get in the presence of God and let God remind you that you're a son or a daughter of God, mm-hmm. that God is for you. And if God is, if the world seems against you, God is for you. Right. Um, so guess what? You're, you're already winning. God's got this. What does God want to say? And build from there. And so I'm, That'd be my advice. Beautiful. I think that's fantastic as a way to just almost um, wrap up, but at the same time commission people to step in securely into who God's designed them to be, to be comfortable in God's presence, to be secure in God's presence, to be familiar with God's presence Mm -hmm. so that they can face tomorrow, whatever tomorrow brings. I'm telling you, and I have to say, like being, you still face insecurity. I know who I am as a 49-year-old, but you're still going to get insecure moments. You're still going to feel like you're not enough. You're going to feel like they don't like me. Does Is this my call? Is God in this? You know, you're getting all those moments. I was like, wait, am I still successful? You know, you're getting all those things. And so I couldn't agree more. If you can master as a young per, as a, at a young age, um, hearing the voice of God and getting secure in the presence of God and knowing who you're supposed to be and affirming. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm a loud person and that's okay. I've realized that's okay for me to be enthusiastic. You know, yeah. that I don't have to, you know, and I've got, it, it's all right. I don't have to feel bad for that. Not to temper it in the right environments, but I, I'm okay with that. Rather than right. I need to be more like that person who's super refined and super this. I'm a little more fly off the candle and be a little more off the cuff. And that's okay. And I have to be okay with that because God's how God made me. And if I don't like what God made, well, then that's a whole other issue. Right. You know what I mean? But but I think that to, to lean into that for one closing second is that, so many people see what other church leaders are building yes. or the the ministries that other people are having. And back to your illustration with David is David even went as far as to try on Saul's yep. armor yep. and mm-hmm. it didn't fit. That's exactly it right. wasn't who he was. Yes. It wasn't who God asked Absolutely. him to be or who God made him to be. And I think that when you are secure in who God made mm-hmm. you to be, you've faced and embraced those moments yep. with God of whether it's a metaphorical or physical lion, mm-hmm. bear, facing a giant and to, to understand that, you know, a different ministry's body armor yep. isn't for me. Nope. The body armor for Alan isn't going to fit my personality or my temperament nope. or, or what God's asked me to do. Nope. And so to be comfortable in yeah. our skin, to be comfortable in who God made us to be and to recognize that the body armor might fit might be interchangeable with another person, but most likely it goes back to that point of you're unique. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You're who God made you to be. And so yes. I love that. Alan, I just want to say thank you so much for a great conversation, oh, for joining us. I love you guys. I love you both. Thank oh, you I for being you. incredible, incredible leaders in our state and all across the nation with the podcast. Oh, you guys are amazing. appreciate that. Honored. We appreciate amazing. it. And just <laughs> listeners, we want to just let you know that you can find out more about pa- Pastor Alan Pastine, River Valley Church, and the New Young Christian when you check out the show notes on our website at youngadults.today, as well as across all social media platforms is at youngadultstoday. So until next time, this is Josiah Micah Keneally hosting this podcast and encouraging you to be who God's made you to be, dream big, and run after the vision that God has given you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.